Hello everybody and welcome back to Football in a Nutshell. Now today I'm going to be giving you the last of this, so as you could say, trilogy of podcasts in which I've been giving you my Premier League team of the decade, my World team of the decade. But today what I'm going to be doing is going to be giving you my team of the decade for the, the next, for the 20s, for the 2020s effectively because um, yeah, I'm gonna, this is going to be a prediction. Uh, you're not going to get a reaction to this prediction obviously because it's going to be in 10 years time. I just thought it would be nice to, I suppose, speculate about the future. And a nice way to like round off the well, for, first half year, I suppose you could say, football in that show. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to get straight into the goalkeeper. Now, the goalkeeper, in my opinion, is probably the most interesting spot on the entire team. Because in all the other ones, you're going to be looking at like young players under the age of like 24 um yeah you, you know young players and um yeah but but when it comes to the when it comes to the goalkeeper you're looking at that 25 to 28 range because then they'll only really be like fading out towards the very end and so therefore on that kind of note i'm going with a man that i had no idea he was this young um in my opinion he's one of the top goalkeepers in the world and that is Jan Oblak He's 26 years old as of recording this. I know he turns 27 on the 7th of January. But he's 26 years old entering the decade. Already at a top club. Already established as one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And he's going to have, I'd say, the bulk of this 10 years to, like, just continue. If he's just as good as... He- if he just stays on the level he is now for the rest of his career, the rest of the next decade, he'll be a shoo-in for this team. I mean, if the, based on his level, if he'd done that over the course of the last decade, he probably would have been in there. He's a quality goalkeeper um, with Atletico Madrid. Uh, if he if he moves, I think, which I think he might do, maybe if um, Diego Simeone moves to a, like a top team and col- collects the trophies he deserves, I think it's just a guaranteed. And uh, overall, I would think that uh, he'll be in most people's team of the decades. Uh, over the next ten year, over the next uh, ten years, and twenty in the year twenty 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 nine. Um. So yeah, uh, that's going to be my goalkeeper. The only other ones I was looking at, other people around that age. I think Allison is twenty seven, twenty eight. Uh, Ederson, P- Tersteg, and people like that. But overall, I'm going to have to give it to Jan Oblak. Um, and yeah. Uh, next, uh, going on to right back. Now, right back, in my opinion, oh, it's a surprisingly healthy position. I think there's a lot of good up-and-coming right backs. But the one I've ultimately gone to, to, although it is, it's annoying for me as a Chelsea fan, but it's Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka is a top, top quality fullback. I mean, he's done it. This is only really his second season, but he's been so good for... United and Palace over these two years. He's probably been one of United's best players this season. Um, and they're sitting in fifth as I'm recording this. It's not like they're having a terrible season by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, he's been a reason, big reason why that. He's 22 years old. Not turning 23 till uh, late November next year. Uh, so he'll be around 32 when the decade ends. And, if we, and uh, I think in around three years we're going to be considering him one of the top fullbacks in the world. Uh, he's a brilliant player. I don't think he'll spend his entire career at United in order to get into this team. 
Uh, I reckon he's going to have to go further afield. But I'll just look at some of the top clubs. Um, Barcelona instantly springs to mind that are going to need a full-back. And uh, I think he'll be hoovered up. And there's also the argument if the Premier League keeps the growing strength, we're going to see the team of the years every single year, like we used to see with La Liga. All the players are going to be coming from the Premier League. And then the odd one from further field. But anyways, Aaron Wambasaka right back. That's what I'm going to go with. And uh, yeah, moving on to the left back. And the left back, I think, is a little more clear cut. Um, it's a man that I've considered to be a top fullback. Not for very long, if I'm being honest. But he's really, really impressed me on his loan spell. Aparishi Dortmund, I think you know who it is at this stage. It's Ashraf Hakimi. Now, uh, similar to Wamasaka, he's uh, born in November, but he's only 21, so he's a year younger. And um, I think starting next year, when he comes back from his loan spell, when he goes to uh, Real, Madrid, when he goes to Real Madrid, I think he's going to start being. He's going to command a starting spot on that team. He's been so good on his loan spell out in. Um, out in Germany, and I think he's he's going to be a top fullback for this come. The only question about this man is where he's going to fit into this team because, um, I mean, if you look at the, all the different positions he can play, he can play right midfield, centre mid, right back. I mean, he, he can play all over the shop. But I think he's going to end up as a left back, going to like take over the mantle from Marcelo, who maybe was a bit unlucky not to think of it to miss out on my world team of the decade. But, um, yeah, ultimately, I think um, Ashraf Hakimi will be the left-back in the team of the decade come 10 years' time. Uh, but now it comes to the centre-backs. Now, the centre-backs are very interesting because one is a shoe-in. Everyone knows Matthias De Ligt is going to be in the team of the decade for the next decade. He's 20 years old, only 20. He's already captained Ajax to a Champions League semi-final, a league triumph. Now he's playing in Juventus, one of the top defensive teams in the world. I think he's likely to win a Champions League in his time there. I think he's likely to captain them to said Champions League. And obviously he's going to bring home Bucket's load of domestic success. And uh, I mean, he's an unbelievable centre-back, unbelievable prospect. Well, he's not even a prospect. This stage he's established. Hasn't had the best start to life in Juventus, but I don't think he's been particularly bad. And that hasn't really hindered my belief that he is going to be such a, a top, top uh, centre-back. I put him in my top 20 players in the world currently um, in my top on, current top 100 players in the world podcast. And um, yeah, I stand by that. He's a brilliant player and uh, yeah, for me, has to get in to this uh, world team. But the next one is a toss-up between three. Two Dortmund players in the likes of Akanji and, well, one's a former Dortmund player in Abdou Diallo. And uh, one is a Chelsea player in um, Fakayo Tomori. Now, obviously, people will instantly point the finger that um, my Chelsea bias is coming through with that. But uh, actually, I think I may put a spanner into the works because... Believe it or not, Marquinhos is only 35 years old. And um, yeah, he's kind of moved into the centre mid, but he is a he's a quality player for PSG. And he's a lot younger than I would have said, because it feels like he's been around for ages, but potentially him. But I think he'll probably 
I don't know how, um, I don't think a French league player is ever going to uh, crack into this team if he does indeed stay playing for them. But for Kyle Tomori, he obviously he's already a starter of Chelsea. And if Chelsea are going to be the predominant team in the over the course of the next decade, which many people expect them to be with all the uh, youth coming through at that club, and uh, he is going to be at the heart of that defence. He is going to be the most important player in that. And uh, I think if he has 10 years at the top, like John Terry, up until he's 32, playing in a team that's consistently winning leagues in the Champions League, and uh, I had seen no reason why he can't become a um, he can't become a top player and uh, get into the team of the decade. Obviously, uh, Diallo at PSG, very good upcoming centre back. I believe he's twenty two. Nakanji, I believe, is twenty four. Probably better players right now, but I think Tamori, with just his physical attributes, how strong he is, how fast he is. His ceiling is higher for me. And uh, therefore, I'd say that um, he's going to get into... Also, you saw against Wolves, he, what kind, the kind of shot he has on him. And uh, yeah, that's another reason that I'm excited for him. Guy Otomori, I think he's going to be a top player. And uh, be in most people's team of the decades in um, 10 years' time. Uh, but that's probably the most controversial opinion of the lot. Now, first midfielder, I'm going to just get out of the way because uh, you're probably wondering why I was in here earlier. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, for those of you who don't know, Trent Alexander-Arnold originally, when he was in the academy and coming up for um, for Liverpool in their academy, he was originally a centre mid. However, he was so talented that they wanted to get him into the first team as soon as possible. And the easiest way to do that was to move him at right back. However... I think most people would notice by his skill set that uh, he's a more natural centre mid. And I can definitely see him eventually shifting into midfield and getting into this team of the decade. I think he's a quality player. Uh, it pains me to say that, but Liverpool um, probably have the best right back in the league. Uh, obviously, they have the best team in the league, and he's a big part of that. Brilliant creative numbers. It's just a, and I think he can become an all-action centre mid. A lot of pace as well for a centre mid, which is uh, important. And yeah, and Trent Alexander-Arnold into midfield, I can definitely see that happening. And no matter what, whether he's at right back or whether he's in centre mid, he'll be in the next team of the decade. If you look, oh, he's arguably the best right back in the world right now, and he's 21 years old. In 10 years' time, if he's like like that for the entirety of the 10 years I think uh, there won't be much doubt about it but then moving on to the next player and it's another one which I think most people were expecting Frankie De Jong now he's at Barcelona like Matthias left the same summer already been to a Champions League semi-final likely going to be somewhere like that again this year with uh, Barcelona um, because and he's had a great start to life in Barcelona unlike Matthias De Ligt he has been great for them. Uh, he can do everything in the midfield. Quality player, uh, playing at the top level already. And uh, yeah, there isn't any doubt in my mind that um, Frankie De Jong will be in the team of the decade. He's 32 when the decade ends. And yeah, 
this is another one you're expecting and is basically assumed. Now the midfield, the last position, is the one that's up for debate. And I've narrowed it down to two people. Either Kai Havertz, who's obviously playing at Borussia, and uh, not Borussia, sorry, uh, Bayern Leverkusen at the minute, and um, or the other one is going to be Donny Van de Beek, the last of those big prospects that uh, is still at Ajax. Uh, it's one or the other, and purely on the basis of where I think the, I mean, Kai Havertz is only twenty years old. You have to remember them and how young he is, and. I think, I'm not sure, but I think my gut would say that Donny van der Beek is older. Maybe only by a year or so. Um, Donny van der Beek already been to the Champions League semi-final. He's 22 years old. A great goal-scoring midfielder. Um, yeah, and the thing about Donny van der Beek is I think he's very likely to end up at Real Madrid. And if he is um, going to be Real Madrid's biggest centre-mid for the next 10 years... In ten years, which like all ten years at Real Madrid is going to be is likely going to be very successful. I think there's a high chance that he will be considered one of the top players, like Luka Modric is, for the next ten years. And um, yeah, Valverde obviously is there at the minute, but uh, I think after Donny Van Beek's almost inevitable transfer, I think it's uh, likely that he's going to be the one seen as the be- the biggest centre mid or best centre mid rather, in that team. Um, but Kai Havertz, like all people in the Bundesliga that are coming in, are likely going to go to Bayern Munich. Germany, he's going to be, him and Nabry are probably going to be at the forefront of everything that happens for them in the next 10 years. Oh, Jesus. Uh, not sure which one to go with, but ultimately, I'm going to have to go with Donny van der Beek. That's just what my gut says. And... Um, yeah, Donny van de Beek in centre mid. So that's a midfield three of Trent Alexander, Donny van de Beek, Frankie de Jong. Uh, back four of Juan Basaka, Tomori, De Ligt, and Hakimi. And in goals, I have Jan Oblak. And uh, yeah, so now it's for the front three. The front three, there's a lot up de- for debate in the, when it comes to the front three. Because obviously, often with forwards, they're. When you take off at such a young age, you can flame out like Michael Owen. Although you, so it is. It's the most difficult position to estimate. But ultimately, I think we need to go get the easiest one out of the way. Kylian Mbappe. Um, just he is going to be the best player for the next ten years. There's no denying it. If I were to put money on it, I'd say four Ballon d four Ballon d'Ors over the course of the decade. Um, he has to get out of PSG though. That is. That's the main thing for him. I know it's probably he probably wants to stay in France, live in France. Probably likes Paris, but um, if he wants to be considered one of the top players in the world, scoring thirty plus goals in France every single year isn't going to do that for him. Uh, especially as PSG, as of yet, have not really competed in the Champions League. However, he probably will win more silverware with France. Will win Ballon d'Ors, as I said. PSG could improve in the Champions League and they are doing this year maybe there is a chance that they, he will win the Champions League with them but for me he has to go to either La Liga or the Premier League in order to cement his place as the best player of the decade or else someone else might take over I'm looking forward to this decade because Messi and Ronaldo 
They're, they're not gonna be around. They're not gonna be considered in this. And it's just gonna. I think the Ballon d'Or will be very interesting, as it's gonna be a lot more open from year to year. Who's gonna be the best? Considered the best player in the world, and I'm looking forward to it. Although it will be sad to say goodbye to uh, the two best players of all time, but still. Uh, but Kylian Mbappe, I'd be an idiot if I didn't put him in. I think he's—is he still only twenty? I think he might have gone twenty-one actually, but um, I'm not—I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll just look it up quickly. Kylian Mbappe is 21 years old. Yeah, 21. He landed at 31. Similarly to Messi, I believe Messi ended at like 32. And uh, yeah, he's gonna be in this team. The second one, another man like Jan Oblak. Actually, I was surprised how young this man is. Leroy Sané. Leroy Sané is an unbelievably good footballer. Uh, 23 years old, still. He's probably it'll be say January 11th is his birthday, and so he's just going 24 soon enough. But uh, still, still so young. And um, yeah, I think he's likely going to go to Bayern Munich. Who, if I were to put money on it, I would say will win a Champions League over the next decade. And he's going to be the forefront of that. Thing, or if he stays at City, um, but I think he'd want to become the main man somewhere. And uh, yeah, I think Leroy Sané, he is going to be, he's going to be a top top player. There's no, there's no denying it. And uh, yeah, so his injury troubles are the only thing that would kind of make me reluctant to put him in the team. But I've, I'll have to go with it anyways. Um, if you look at some of the seasons in the Premier League. Last year, 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 goal contributions and over 10 goals and over 10 assists in any Premier League season is unbelievable. Especially considering he only had 1,800 minutes last year. The year before, when he was Young Player of the Year, 10 goals, 15 assists in only 2,400 minutes. And the year before that, when he was just coming to the Premier League, you have to understand that that would be quite hard for him. Played a bit of wing-back as well. And uh, five goals, seven assists, over 10 goal contributions as well in a season where he only had 1,700 minutes. I mean, the man is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal footballer. And I think him and Sterling off the wings for the next few years. I'm not actually sure what age Raheem Sterling is. I may have to, uh, I may have to shoehorn him in somehow if, uh, depending on what age he is. He's 25, actually. He, actually, Raheem Sterling is 25. So thirty-five. He could be an option, actually. He could be a serious option for uh, in the team. I think Sane is going to become the better footballer, so uh, he's not replacing Sane. But the last player I had in mind was Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho, obviously up and coming with Borussia Dortmund. I'm praying that he ends up at Chelsea, as obviously he's a lot of friends from the English national team. Sancho win them. He's a boyhood Chelsea fan. He's 19 years old. He's still in his teens. And uh, gee, and if you consider he's still in his teens. Last year, the kind of numbers he was putting up was unbelievable. Even this year, actually. Uh, 19 years old. I know he has kind of fallen out with Pep. And he seems to be falling out at Borussia Dortmund. So maybe a bit of an attitude problem. But nine goals, nine assists in 14 starts in the Bundesliga. Two goals, two assists already in the Champions League. I mean, we're talking about a, a potential superstar, and uh, he's he has what six years? Six years he has on uh, on Raheem Sterling. This, uh, mm, 
It's gonna be difficult. Um, this is gonna be. This is actually a very hard decision. Um, I mean, um, also last year, 2018, 19, this is trying to get up. 26 starts in the Bundesliga, 12 goals, 14 assists. So he's two goal contributions away from uh, 10 goal back to back seasons of 10 goals, 10 assists in the Bundesliga, which in my book is probably the second or third most competitive league in the world. I mean, it's, it's hard to say it, but I think the teams at the bottom of the Bundesliga, the likes of, if you look at, they have the likes of Hertha Berlin down there. I think they're a lot stronger than the teams that you might find at the bottom of, say, Syria with like Lecce, or even Spain with like Mallorca. It's um, yeah, it's it's a lot more competitive there, in my opinion. But yeah, even if he leaves in January, he could potentially leave the Bundesliga with two seasons with over ten goals and ten assists, which is seems mental to say if he's only leaving halfway through. And also, the Bundesliga season is a lot shorter with only 18 teams in it, 34 games in the season. But, um, yeah, Sancho or Sterling. I mean, you can't forget how good Sterling is as well. It, it is easy to forget, honestly, because he comes in for so much slack, you'd think that he has to be doing something wrong, but he just isn't. He's an absolutely phenomenal footballer. Um... Even this season, where I don't think, in my opinion, don't think he's been at his best. He hasn't grabbed games by the scruff of the neck like he usually should be doing. 11 goals, 2 assists in 1,666 minutes. I mean, that's incredible. 17 goals, 15 assists the season before that. 18 goals, 17 assists the season before that. I mean, he's, he's a brilliant creative player. But over the next 10 years, how long would a man that is so reliant on pace, how long will he stay at that level is my only question. Um, and if I were to... Jesus, this is so hard. Does it lead to me taking out Sané? No, I don't think so. I don't think I can take out Sané. Even if his numbers are slightly worse, I just think he's so talented. Um, but ultimately... I'm going to have to go with the fact that Sterling never really showed the end product unless under Pep Guardiola. When Pep leaves, will he be able to maintain it? I don't know. You could say the same about Sané. I think Jadon Sancho's education in the Bundesliga will serve him well in the long term. And I think overall I'm going to have to put him... In it just over Sterling. And it's so close, but I think I'm going to have to go with him. Uh, Sterling, very hard to... I can't believe I just did that, but still. So that's the team. If I'm going to run through it again. All black and golds. Right back. I'm going to put it right back. Oh yeah, Wambasaka, left back Hikimi. Centre backs, Tamora and Delict. Midfield three of Trent Alexander-Arnold. Frankie de Jong and Donny van de Beek. With a front three of Raheem Sterling... Uh, Leroy Sané and Kylian Mbappe actually you know what I'm going to scratch that I'm not putting Donny van de Beek in every year Sterling keeps going more centrally and I'm going to put him in as a cam on this team so it's going to be 4-2-3-1 with um, with uh, Sterling playing in the cam role I couldn't leave either of them out so uh, yeah that, ultimately that's what I'm going to do yeah, no more Donny van de Beek I'm afraid even though I spent all that time 
I suppose debating him or um, Kai Havertz, but that's what I'm going to go with. And yeah, that concludes my three-part series. Uh, thank you very much uh, to all those who've listened. Uh, so you have to bear in mind that I still don't have the mic back up and running, so uh, the sound's probably been a bit off the last few. But anyways, thank you very much for listening, and Happy New Year.